Hi, welcome to the I'm Not Baby podcast. Um, and so today we are. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we or I guess I um I'm going to be basically reading y'all some spooky stories that I like. Um, haven't read yet, or are just ones that I found in this book. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to be reacting to them. So, yeah, um, I'm going to be reading from two books today. So the first book is Shiver by Jinji Ito, and <clears throat> I feel like I butchered that name. Also, sorry if I cough a lot. Um, I don't know why, but my voice is just very dry <laughs> today, I guess, if that's how you would put it. But yeah, <laughs> but basically, so Shiver by Jinji Ito, and it's a, like, collection of short stories. And then the next one is 30 Chilling Tales, Short and Shivery. And, um, I can't say that name, but this book is very old, and I think we got it from a garage sale, and it actually has a story in it that I mentioned from... Way back when, when I talked about scary stories that scared the shit out of me as a child. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm going to start off with one from Shiver, and it's called Honored Ancestors. And so how I'm going to be reading this one, because it's a manga, um, it's kind of hard for me to, I guess in a way, say what's going on. And then also react to it. But I'll try and just paint a picture for everyone. Because this one's like a comic book. But yeah, okay. So, Honored Ancestors. So, these two motherfuckers walk in down the street. Uh, I'm assuming the girl's name is Risa. I don't know the guy's name, but when I do know the guy's name, I will tell you. But so they're walking down the street and then he basically tells her where her house is and then, okay, so the guy's name is Makita, Makita, I hope that's how you pronounce it and if it's not, I'm so sorry. Um, but basically, uh... What goes on in this is that he's walking her home. He's kind of, like, telling her that it's her house. And her mom's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you know, where's she been, right? And so then Makita, yeah, that's his name. He explains how she's been acting, like, really weird. And after school, he, like, called out her name. And she didn't respond and kind of just waddled away. Um... He sort of explains that she doesn't recognize anything or doesn't remember anything. And that's the first half of the second page. And then the second half is them going to a doctor. And the doctor being like, you know, we can treat her, but I don't know what the fuck is wrong. I guess she just lost her memory, you know? So I guess they do be walking away, though. Um, <laughs> and... 
Yeah, then this page is just boring. Um, it's just... Well, the second page is boring as hell. Basically, he just comes over. He's like, ahaha, hey baby, because he's trying to get her to remember her past. And she's no fucking idea what's going on. Um, but at least she can talk. (laughs) So that's good. Um, next page. Basically, this dumbass is like, we can just start over again. Have all of the fun experiences that we experienced together. Because they're girlfriend and boyfriend. And he's just like, you're going to experience them for the first time from now on. And... I don't know, I guess she just agrees with it because she's like, well, I don't know. (laughs) And now she seems to be having a fever dream. This is the next page. And she's like huffing and puffing. She's like, damn, we got some anxiety. And then this gigantic caterpillar goes into her room. And if you saw the cover art for this book, you kind of know why there's a caterpillar there. But y'all will find out later. I feel like this is a very boring retelling of the story. Um, anyways, right before the plot twist happens, I'll recap everything for y'all. Because I feel like I'm very off track right now. Anyways, so Caterpillar Fever Dream happens. Now she's panicking. Her parents are in her room. They're just like, what the fuck? Uh. <laughs> so now she's convinced that she's like crazy or something but Makita's like no bruh you're not crazy you just like had a bad dream like that hallucination was just really bad you know and basically then he confesses to her And, yeah, basically he just confesses and kind of acts whack as hell. I don't really trust Makita. I don't know, he got some weird shit going on. Um, especially because she'll just be like, no, sorry, I don't remember dating you, you know? And then he'll be like, well, now, from now on we can have, like, new, new quirky memories. Like, the fuck? (laughs) Um... So now he's telling her to come over to his house, and his house is looking sketchy as fuck. And apparently, his dad's just, um, sick in bed. So, you know, the family's away. They can do whatever they want. Ah, ha, ha, you know? But, anyways, I feel like Risa knows what's going on. She knows that something's going wrong in this area. Because... She's asking about his dad's illness, and he's just like, no, it's not that serious. He's just like, you know, it's bad, but it's not too serious. He just, like, can't do his job anymore, I guess, basically. So he's, like, hospitalized. Or, no, what's it called when you stay in bed all the time? I don't know, but that's what he's gotta do. And then... Reese is like, what about your mom? And then Makita's like, oh, she dead. (laughs) 
anyways, so basically, she is very uncomfy because he's like, oh, like, why are you so uncomfortable, you know? And she's like, well, this is kind of like, you know, basically the equivalent of a stranger's house, even though she's been there a lot of times before. And that's what he's trying to convince her of, like, why she shouldn't be upset about it or, like, a little bit scared. I don't know. She's just not vibing is the bottom line. (laughs) And then noises start coming from the room and Risa starts getting sweaty. She starts getting panicking. And, um, she basically, he's like, oh, yeah, no, this will be your second time meeting him. Which is kind of whack if they're, like, dating or if, like, you know, at least they're very close friends. Like, she's only senior hospitalized. Not even hospitalized, but, you know, dad in bed, like, twice. It's just kind of whack. Um, so here's the big plot twist part. So to recap, before we get to this, Risa loses her memory. Makita is kind of trying to get up all in her business and try and rebuild their relationship, even though she's kind of like, maybe I should regain basic memories first. (laughs) And now they're at his house, and basically he's introduced his dad as being very sickly, and this is her second time meeting him, apparently, so let's go. And so on this page, basically... His dad comes out in the creepiest fucking fashion. Not even sta- He's not even fucking walking. He crawls out onto the floor. His head is- Half of his head is covered. And, uh, he talks about how he's like, Oh my gosh, I thought that you wouldn't be coming over again. Like, it's so nice to see you. And then Makita's acting all casual about it, like, bruh, no, don't come out here, like, stop, stop pushing yourself, literally, crawling on the floor to meet this girl. And he's like, oh no, but, like, Reese is gonna be my daughter-in-law someday. And, yeah, it's very whack. Oh, what the fuck? Basically, the dad's just all creepy. Like, no, but you're gonna be my daughter-in-law. But I'm also gonna die soon. So, like, don't worry about it. Like, just... Just... I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what he's implying with the fact that he's about to die. But, okay. Um... Now he just crawls back into his room and he's like, oh, Risa, like, make yourself at home. Also, sorry if I get really quiet at certain times. Um, I'm reading the fucking book. So then she just gets very, very stressed out after she visits him. After she visits Makita. And also, sorry, um, I mispredicted the plot twist. Or, like, the big moment. I missed it, but it's coming up right about now. Um, so, basically, after she's being all panicked all night, uh, 
Makita busts in through the door and is like, Risa, we gotta go. And basically, his dad's like popping off about wanting to see Risa. And he's all like delusional. But because for some reason, this man won't take his <laughs> dad to the hospital. Um, he's like, okay, we gotta go. <laughs> so then they go to his house and he's like, come on, hurry, dad, I brought Risa. And so, basically, he brings Risa to his dad, and then, big plot twist, um, his dad's head is a whole bunch of foreheads stacked up onto his own head. So, basically, it's like a gigantic caterpillar. And Risa basically loses the fucking soul out of her body. And <laughs> this man's Makita is like... Uh, I, I, I understand that you're shocked. Last time you saw him, you lost your memory. So this is why, yeah, that's what he meant by, like, you've only seen me twice. And then that's why she had the hallucinations about the caterpillar. Because she turned this, like, head caterpillar, like, rope thing into, um... A nightmare thing and basically what it is is that it's um all of his ancestors skulls stacked up onto each other and there's a brain inside of each forehead so basically it's a way of preserving um the family tradition and the family tree via attaching this parasite where it's like a long line of skulls and brains and they need to connect it onto the next heir or the next person so then their um, family tree will keep on going. Um, basically, now he needs to be a part of the assembly. And after Risa sees this ugly-ass man... She's like, I remember everything. And so basically he reminds her that, um, that Risa and him are going to get married. And Risa's like, yeah, I remember uh, agreeing, but like, <laughs> you finna turn into a head caterpillar soon, you know? And he's like, but, like, we're gonna get married and you're gonna give birth to my child. So then there will be a new descendant to the head caterpillar line. Um, and it's, it's, it's wacky. It's wacky as hell. And so Risa runs away and then gets trapped inside of the head caterpillar area because... He's like, no, there's no escaping. We've locked all the doors. And you are staying with us to give birth to my children. And then... Basically what happens is that... Well... Um... 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 Um, hold on. Oh, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh. 
oh christ um <laughs> basically uh his dad dies so it's very shocking to him he has a quick little cry sesh but he's gotta like keep on grinding <laughs> and he gets back into the room where his dad is and his dad's forehead along with his brain rips off and then like attaches onto his own head and now he's got this nice little accessory and so then um Risa takes this time to run away very smart peak intellectual but then um Makita starts running after her he starts he starts chasing bruh he starts chasing and Okay, so basically, he chases after Risa, but Risa, in the chase, gets very disturbed and loses her memory again because of that big-ass caterpillar headship. <laughs> okay. But now, we are on to the short and shivery tales. Because that was a long one, and I really need something that I can just read... And I do not need to explain what is going on through pic- <laughs> through pictures. <laughs> so here we go. Once upon a time, there was a widow who had a daughter of her own and a stepdaughter. Whenever her own daughter said or did anything, the woman would pat her head and say, Clever girl. Hey, good fucking job. Oh, but no matter how hard the stepdaughter tried, she was always being called foolish or lazy by the woman, who often scolded her and sometimes beat her. Oh, okay. <laughs> the truth of the matter was that the stepdaughter, Maria, was kind and beautiful, while the woman's own daughters, Yagishna, I think that's how you pronounce it, was plain and selfish. Oh, damn. Okay, I guess that's one way to <laughs> describe a person. But her mother saw only what she wanted to see. So she praised Yagishna continually and made Maria's life a misery. Even an angry storm blows itself out at last. But the old woman's hatred for her stepdaughter never lessened. She said one cruel thing after another, and she was forever grabbing Maria by the collar of her dress and shaking her for being such a burden on us. One day, in the dead of winter, the stepmother made up her mind to have done with her stepdaughter. She told her aged servant, Um, why the fuck did you just call your fucking butler an aged servant? Christ. Um, old man, take Maria into the open field where the bitter frost is the thickest and leave her there i don't want to set eyes upon her or hear her voice ever again and if you value your life don't take her to the warm house of your relatives uh what the fuck the old man begged her not to force him to do such a wicked thing but the stepmother would not relent because he knew that his family would starve if he lost his job he put the girl on a sled <laughs> He tried to cover Maria with an old horse cloth, but Yagishna saw this and snatched it away with a sharp laugh. Do as my mother says, or you'll find yourself and all your children out in the cold along with her, she said nastily. I right, then. 
heavy-hearted, the old man drove Maria out into the open fields near the edge of the forest. Wait, hold on. If she's in a sled, right? Um, that bitch can hear everything that Yagishna is saying. So why the fuck? <laughs> why is she just letting this happen? Fucking Maria's stupid as shit. She's just like, yeah, okay. Uh. Like, if you hear that, why you're being dragged in a sled by that person? And it's very clear that, like, she can hear them. Like, she's near them because she just got her fucking horse cloth snatched. <sighs> why is she not doing anything? Why is she just sitting there like, damn, I, I mean... <laughs> Christ, like, damn. Fucking Maria. Um, anyways. So, he set her down on a heap of snow, hugged her, then hastened home as fast as possible so that he would not see the child's death. Motherfucker, what? <laughs> How fast is she gonna die? Like, I understand it's cold, but she isn't going to die within, like, the first five minutes of being out in the cold. Especially if she's wearing clothes. Like, why is he in such a rush to get away? He just hugs, <laughs> he just hugs her and is like, I, I'm about to head out. <laughs> um, poor little Maria remained where she was shivering and softly saying some prayers. Um, suddenly a strange looking man came leaping and jumping from the forest towards the girl. He wore a great coat of silver-white fur, a high-peaked cap, and some silvery fur? More silver fur? And boots of white leather, worked with silver. More silver. Christ. He had thick white eyebrows and a bushy white beard. His nose was as red as an apple. Um, Santa? Like, damn. This is like the drippy version of Santa. Damn. Got some fucking swagger. Um... His coat and hat were spangled with diamonds and silver bells with a white ribbon across his chest jingled as he bounded toward Maria. Oh, I forgot that this man's is like fucking horse girl running towards Maria. <laughs> That's the one part that I don't vibe with fucking iced out Santa. Little girl, little girl, I'm Jack Frost the ruby nosed. He said, I bring the winter wherever I go? Oh, she said sadly. Welcome, Jack Frost. God must have sent you to take me away from this world. It will be hard to leave, for it all looks so beautiful today. Shut the fuck up, Maria. Just fucking die already. The snow is so white and the air is so clean and the ice sparkles like diamonds. Now he was about to touch her body to freeze her to death, but he was moved by her wise words and sad eyes. No way Jack Frost would spare this bitch. Jack Frost would have been like, damn, um, okay, bye, like, you know, I do not think that her just being like, the snow is pretty, <laughs> like, that is not going to save your life in any way, shape, or form. And also, I feel like I know where this story is heading, but wouldn't that just make the situation worse for everyone involved? I'll talk about that later when it happens, but... Continuing on with the story. Instead, he reached into one of the immense pockets of his greatcoat. That's a strong word for a fucking pocket. And 
and pulled out a fur coat. Oh, that is not what I was expecting, and tossed it to Maria. She quickly put it on and squatted on her heels, sitting in the snow. She watched while Jack Frost went leaping and jumping back to the edge of the forest in a twinkling. He was back, carrying something in his arms. Little girl, little girl, I'm Jack Frost, the ruby-nosed, he cried. I've brought something for you. <laughs> and then Maria responds, Is it my death? Maria asked fearfully, but he had not returned to take her life away. He had brought her a chest, heavy and deep, filled with bedding and petticoats and all sorts of warm clothes. Then Maria sat on the chest in her fur coat, laughing and clapping while Jack Frost danced danced for her. A third time he bounced away to the forest's edge. This was this time when he came back he gave her a cloak embroidered with silver threads and studded pearls and diamonds. Wonderingly, Maria drew his cloak over her fur coat. She wondered well shit. She looked as beautiful and a and elegant as a grand duchess. For a long time, she sat there happily singing songs while Jack Frost danced lightly over the sparkling ice snow. Okay, that's kind of fresh. Meanwhile, her stepmother said to the servant, Go, old man, and bring home my daughter so that we may bury her. Then she set about fixing the evening meal for herself and Yagishma. Yagishna. A short time later, the gate creaked. The doors flew open. The old servant dragged in a chest, heavy and deep. Maria flowed, radiant and regal as a princess. The stepmother saw the riches Maria had returned with her. She immediately set an extra place at the table for the girl. She sat her stepdaughter down, pretending to ask for, for forgiveness. I'm sorry, I can't fucking speak. Made a great show of giving her the... daintiest morsels, even though Yagishna complained about this, until she had gotten the whole story out of Maria. As soon as Maria was asleep, the old woman called her servant. Old man, she ordered, harness the horses and have them ready to go. At the first light of dawn, take my daughter to the same field in the very same place and leave her there. Then return for her in the evening to gather up the treasures she will receive." In the morning, the woman struggled to awaken her daughter. Let me sleep, complained Lee. <coughs> complained Nagish. What the fuck? <laughs> Let me sleep, complained Yagishna. It's too cold to do anything else. You must go and get the treasures from Jack Frost, you lazy creature, her mother scolded. Can't we just take Maria's gifts for herself, she asked her daughter asked her daughter crossly. We will, we will, said her mother impatiently. But why settle for one treasure when we could have two? Now get up. Grumbling, Yagishna did as she was told, put on her warmest coat and hat and boots. When she was on the sled, her mother bundled her up in furs and blankets. Then the old servant drove her to the field and left her there. Just as the morning sun turned the ice crystals bright, as diamonds. Yagishna sat on her pile of furs and tried to keep her eyes open. Suddenly, Jack Frost came prancing, prancing from the edge of the forest. Young woman, young woman, I am Jack Frost the ruby-nosed. 
he said, then be quick and bring me my treasure. <laughs> I can't fucking speak, I'm so sorry, said Yakishna, who thought he looked foolish when he was leaping about and jingling bells and nose like an apple stuck to the front of his face. Young woman, young woman, I am Jack Frost, the ruby-nosed. I bring the winter wherever I go. When you brought me my... When you brought me my treasure, said Yagishna disagreeably, you can go and take winter with you. It's an ugly... It is ugly and cold. Now where is my gift? Young woman, young woman! I... Jack Frost the ruby-nosed. Christ. He cried, dancing closer to the girl. And here is your gift of diamonds and silver. And he stretched out his hands to Yagishna. In the evening, while while Maria stoked the fire, her stepmother anxiously watched the door for the return of her daughter. Suddenly, she heard the creak of the gate outside. Without waiting, she flew the door and saw the old servant standing outside beside the sled, cap in hand. Impatiently, the old woman pulled at the mound of furs on the back of the sled. Yagishna, foolish child, come out from underneath. You'll be warm inside in a minute, but first show me your treasure. And then a ha-ha to her horror when the woman pulled back the last fur. Snowflake, wait. Oh yeah, when she pulled back the last fur, she saw her daughter lying there. A cold corpse, silver snowflakes frosted her eyelashes. And ice like diamond ships beaded her lips where her last breath had frozen. The shock was too much, and the greedy stepmother fell down dead in the snow. Maria became mistress of the farm, where the old servant continued to serve her faithfully for the rest of her days. Okay, so here to be the thing. I thought that story's twist was okay, but the thing that I thought that was going to happen happened, which was that Jack Frost technically killed the both of them, And that, what the fuck is Maria finna do now? Because now, all she has left is these treasures. Like, what is she going to do? Like, she's no other way of income. Like, all she has left is nothing. Except the old man. And the old man ain't gonna do nothing. So, is she just relying on Jack Frost and hoping that he doesn't one day just be like fuck off (laughs) and like freezes her ass like the old man said that he relied on the old woman and yagishna or not yagishna but like the old lady to provide him with an income so then he could feed his children what is maria bringing to the table except being hot and kind of nice like i see i see no correlation (laughs) I see in no world and in no way in which these bitches are having a good time. (laughs) Anyways, now for our last story, Taily Poo, which I'm so excited to read because I remember hearing it from my Guido, and I remember reading it in a very, very old children's book. And I feel like I talked about the three stories that were in there. Maybe one day, if I refine the book, I'll read the stories out. But until then, let's read this version of Taily Poo. Okay. And it comes from the United States, West Virginia. Jack Frost came from Russia. 
obviously. Um, but so West Virginia, Mount Mama, I hate myself. Please do not like castrate re- uh, castrate me for singing that. Anyways, here we go. Not so very long ago, an old man lived by himself in the backwoods of West Virginia. He had a log cabin with a single room that held a stove, a bed, a table, a chair, and a big open fireplace built of field stone. Damn. Bachelor of the Year Award. Ladies, come get your mans. One night, the man sat eating a plate full of beans and bread and regretting that he hadn't been able to catch a single fish in the lake. (sighs) Behind his cabin or bag, (laughs) a single deer possum... Wait, a single possum or deer for his supper. He was startled to look across the table and see the strangest strangest creature he had ever seen sitting on its hatches. I think that means heels. I don't know. In the far corner of the room, staring at him. It had jaws like a weasel, ears like a fox, piercing yellow eyes like an owl, a monkey's body, and was covered in bright red fur, but mainly had a huge long tail that coiled around it. The way a rattler coils around on itself before it strikes. What the... cried the man. How do you get in here? He grabbed his carving knife from beside the loaf of bread and went after the animal. The thing gave a screech like nothing the man had ever heard before, then scrambled out through a crack between the two of the cabin's logs but it wasn't quick enough with a single slice the man cut the creature's tail off with the rest of the animal scampered away to the woods the man walked back to the table and stretched out the tail marveling at its length after a few minutes he decided that meat was meat and that was what he was hungry for right now Oh, (laughs) so he cooked up the tail, found it tasted a little like rabbit, and ate it all in one sitting. After that, he plugged up the hole between the logs, went to bed, and soon was fast asleep. He hadn't been asleep very long when he heard some scratching at the door, just like a cat. Pretty soon, he heard it call, taily-poo, taily-poo, just give me my taily-poo. Okay, ah... That's a dumbass rhyme, so I'm just gonna say, give me back my taily poo, you know. Now he had three dogs that slept under the house. Um, he whistled for them, and they came charging out and chased the creature far into the woods. But only two of his dogs came back. When the man saw this, he cursed a blue streak. Um, what? Then he sent the dogs to sleep under the floorboards and went back to bed himself. Short time later, he heard the same clawing at the front door, as if the tree, as if the creature was trying to get in. Then he heard it call through the crack in the door: "Taily poo, taily poo, give me back my taily poo." Once again, the man whistled up his dogs from underneath the cabin, and they chased the creature all the way down the road, snapping so close behind that if it had still had a tail, it would have lost it to the hounds. The man heard the dogs giving chase until the woods swallowed up the sound, but a little later only one dog returned. Again the man cursed loudly. This time he had his remaining dog sleep at the foot of his bed, 
in the smallest hours of the morning, he heard something scrambling at the window, like a nightbird trying to get in. Oh, shit. Tailey Poo looking creepy as fuck. <laughs> get in. Through the cracked glass, he heard, Tailey Poo, Tailey Poo, I've got to have my Tailey Poo. Okay, that's kind of fresh. Um, quick as he could, he flung the cabin door open and sent his last dog into the night. He heard the dog charging around the corner of the cabin, heard the creature screeching and scrambling away. After that, things were pretty quiet, but the last hound never did return. The man stayed awake a long time, listening, but he heard nothing more. Finally, just before dawn, he fell asleep, but he woke up a few minutes later. He was sure he heard something in his room. He looked into the far corner and saw the patch he'd put over the hole was gone. Then he heard something scrambling up the foot of his bed. A minute later, he saw a fox's ears, a weasel's jaw, and two huge <laughs> yellow eyes, just like an owl's, looking at him. He tried calling for his dogs, but they were all gone. He was too frightened to climb out of bed. He just started staring while the red monkey-like creature crept closer. Tailey-poo, tailey-poo. It growled. Give me back my tailly poo. But, but, the man stuttered. I haven't got your tailly poo. Then the horrible creature, which was by then sitting on the man's knees, snarled and said, Oh, yes, you do, and jumped on the man's chest and scratched him all to pieces. There were those who say the creature got its tailly poo back, and some say who didn't. But the fact is that the old man and his dogs were never seen again in West Virginia. Or anywhere else. Damn, 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 bitch. I never knew Tailey Pooh was that fucking dark. Um, but yeah. If you have listened to this, thank you so much. Uh, this is the I'm Not Baby podcast. Go follow my Instagram. The tag is I'm.not.baby.podcast. And have a wonderful day. Goodbye.